always thought I needed to get myself a big country Robinson jersey. Yeah. And to me, that would be believable. But nobody's going to believe Matt walking around the big dick Robinson. Like, that's not going to fly. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's buying that, right? So... <laughs> Off and running on an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast for your Canada Day long weekend. And I would love to tell you that myself and my good buddy here, my co-host tonight, Maddie Lang, are just that committed to you guys that we were willing to cancel our Friday night plans and come in and do a podcast for you on this Raptors news. But both just actually kind of old, kind of just sitting around anyway as the news broke. So fuck it. Let's grab a beer and talk about something. Maddie Lang, what's happening, buddy? Um... Way to sell us out to the good listener there. <laughs> they know, man. <laughs> they, they know. See, I, I, I suspected. I did text you and like, there's no way this guy's just sitting around like I am. And sure enough, there he was just sitting on the fucking couch. I am using the reason that we knew all the, you know, all the NBA news is breaking today. Yeah. Uh, so I am the good, uh, you know, co-host. Yeah. You've penciled this in. Going to do my due diligence. And I was on Twitter. I was messaging Woj. Yeah, and, and yeah. trying to see what was going on in the league <laughs> as it's happening. And, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm a committed guy. You know, that's it. We and I want to be it, fresh buddy. for tomorrow's uh, NHL news that's, that I'm sure we're going to get coming out. over. Or I guess they moved the NHL, right? It's no longer J- July 1st, right? It Didn't is July 1st again. It had okay. been backed up. Remember, with COVID, the season kept running longer. So they, they did it one year on like the 20th. Then last year it was on like the 10th. And now they're back to the 1st. So okay. well, we'll see go. who so Michael we'll Bunting signs with next uh, <laughs> on Saturday or whatever. But man, much bigger, uh, much bigger news in the NBA, especially as it pertains to the Raptors. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, this, this came to... Very kind of just out of the blue for you and I. We're both sitting around. The news dropped, decided we'll do a show. Uh, so I don't know if you had anything kicking around, a pint you brought to the table, or uh, or maybe something a little mixed. It's a little late at night. What's happening on your end for, for yeah. sipping on? Today we're doing a tequila and ginger. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, a little, little something different. It's a little bit more of a – most people won't do a tequila and ginger. It's a little bit more of a Caribbean thing. Mm-hmm. Um preferably get ginger beer i didn't have access to that as i as we just discussed our oh shit the lcbo is closing uh for like saturday right like yeah. I, I, we you sort of ran i i, I was just saying to maddie that like eight fifteen, i discovered i didn't have what i wanted i'm like oh well i'll just get it tomorrow i'm like no you won't you asshole it's... i cannot do it <laughs> right so yeah so in, in that case so i'm just going with a regular ginger ale today but uh so not as quite as spicy as i like it but you know uh if any of the listeners want to get away for beer for a day, it's something mm-hmm. nice to try. A little, okay. little summary. Yeah, okay. I got gotcha. you. Uh, and I got nothing particularly new and exciting over here, but something that's always in the fridge. We've talked about it a hundred times before. It's the octopus uh, wants to fight uh, from Great Lakes Brewery. It's sort of the go-to, like if I'm not sure what I want, I'll grab six of those and just let them sit in the fridge or whatever, right? So uh, that's There's what we went with tonight. nothing wrong with that. That is an no. all-timer. That it's is a, a very nice beer, beer for yeah, sure, buddy. Top five beer. Uh, we should get right into it as, uh, well, let's start with the first half of this because, uh, the raps tonight found out that they were losing Fred Van Vliet and this went right to the wire. There was rumor they were still talking to him right up until three o'clock today. And all of a sudden he signs in Houston, um, and their free agency period in the NBA has been open since about 6 PM. So this happened pretty quickly. And yeah. 
This is a guy, for people who aren't super familiar with this guy's path, Fred Van Vliet signs in 2016 an undrafted rookie. He's making like $560,000. And in 2020, when he gets a new contract, he's now making $21 million. And that makes him the highest paid undrafted player ever until tonight. When suddenly he signs with Houston, he's going to be making $43 million per year, shattering his previous record. Everybody's been talking about that believe in yourself, right? Bet on yourself. This is a guy who barely made it into the league. Now he's making a max deal, $43 million a year to go to Houston. What was your reaction when you saw he was bailing out on Toronto, headed to Houston? And I say bailing like it's a negative thing. I'm not trying to shit on this guy at all. For $43 million, I'll go wherever the hell you tell me to go, right? Like, um, good for this guy. I'd go anywhere but the Ottawa Senators, quite frankly. Fair enough, man. That's not like they have $43 million to offer you anyway, so don't worry about it. They they don't have $43 million debit at the bank at this point, right? Right. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. um, Neither is Arizona, I guess. That's a a, a talk for a different day. Sure. Uh, It's a bittersweet one for me. Um, You know, I was a big Freddie guy. Um, I met Fred at a charity event in his rookie year. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think it was in November, so he had just gotten called up. I don't even know if he had seen playing time, um, you know, outside of some garbage minutes at that point. Um, really nobody knew who he was even at the event because there was Devar and there was Kyle and um, a lot more popular players. Sure, bigger time. names. And, you know, Fred Van Vliet was just walking through the event and uh, got a chance to meet him and get a picture with him right from the get-go. Uh, I think he was surprised I even knew who he was, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, that's why I never quite believe when they say he's six feet tall because he's not that much taller than me in the photo we've taken. And <laughs> as you know, I'm I'm more of a pint sized fella than I am a, it's uh, true. a tall boy. A so, pint guard uh-huh. to his point guard. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, you know, for that for that little bit of a personal reason and, um, you know, just you love the story, right? The, the the underdog story, the guy who wasn't supposed to be there, who just played so well that made you love him. And he had that much like Kyle uh, Lowry, right? Had that little bit of a bulldog mentality that the mm-hmm. city of Toronto always is going to love and, and want more of, right? We sure. always love our, our third liners, right? We love those guys. We love guys who, you know, we feel like they're working. Our John hard. McDonald's, right? We got those yeah, guys. Oh God. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> we love that guy and the hustle and the heart and that sort of stuff. And we don't win an NBA championship without him. Right. Right. I, I think that's not even fair to say, but it it's true. I mean, that was his coming out party where he he was better. He just kind of became a different guy. He rose to the occasion. And, um, you know, when, when Kyle Lowry leaves, it really does become his team a little bit. And we still had some success. Um, I was kind you know, what do I say? I was hoping he was going to leave, though, because... It looked crazy that in the market he was going to get at least $35 million. And there were people last year, apparently in the offseason, you'd know this better than I would, that were talking about Toronto having offered him in last year's offseason $25 million and him turning mm-hmm. it down. And a lot of people saying, I can't believe that guy turned that down. He'll never get that. And then all of a yeah. sudden we arrive oh. this year and people are talking about 35 and he ends up at 43, right? Like well, This is why they pay their... Um, their with their representation so much because the the thing about this year is there's not a lot of free agents right no. there's not a lot of high quality free agents 
And I know somebody's out there thinking, well, what about Kyrie? And yeah, I'm sorry, I'd rather have Fred VanVleet than Kyrie Irving because of what Kyrie's past has been. Kyrie he's demolished his team, talks Multiple like he's going to walk, and then comes back for more. I can't. <laughs> He signed a huge deal tonight. Was it he not in the 40, uh, where was he at? $45 million or something? Yeah. 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 He back with Dallas. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, Busy I, night in I Texas. know, I know he, you know, Kyrie has, you know, the God handles and, um, all the players love him because he's a true baller or whatever they want to say. But you look at what happened and, you know, how he left Cleveland, Yeah, how he left Boston, what happened in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, it's a track record at some point, no matter how good you are at basketball, you have to decide is this the type of guy you want. So I, I really don't think a lot of teams should have been evaluating Fred that much different than a guy like Kyrie. I think they probably both got too much money, but hey, somebody's got to get paid, I guess, in the NBA. And if you're the best couple free agents in this class, you know, the best guys in that given class are always going to be paid. Sure. Uh, and I, I think there were a lot of teams, like, you know, Dallas is a strange case because they're, they don't have a lot of salary caps. So they almost had to sign Kyrie. Yeah. Or sign him back. You got a team like Houston that needed to get into the cap. They, they didn't have enough money. Right. Well, so what does this mean for Houston? Like, what do they think they are now? And like, was this just about Van, uh, the money for Van Vliet? I mean, I think we'd be silly to say it's not. Sure, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I think it's a, it's a different position. You've got a very young team with some very talented players, mm-hmm. but it's a team that's lacked any any bit of leadership at all on that team. And they've been a fun team to watch if you catch them for a couple for a half here or there on TV because mm-hmm. they've, like I said, they've got these very young athletic players, but they don't have guys who are going to be the adults in the room. They don't have the guy who's going to teach them how to win. So and here's a guy now in, yeah, in Van Vliet who's come up the hard way, battled for everything he's gotten. He's a champion. He's yeah. got a few years under his belt. Maybe he can come in and, and kind of help to reel that in a little. Is that sort of the he, play here? I, I think so. I think they're kind of giving him the reins of his team in a way of maybe it's not your team, but it's, hey, you're going to, you know, you're going to point guard this team, right? You are going to lead this team. Mm-hmm. The ball is going to be in your hand at every possession. We're going to teach this, these guys how to win. And with a guy like you there, we're going to... All these basketball teams, it's a problem, right? When you're drafting 19-year-olds and, you know, you've got all these guys under that first contract, you need to have that... You need a guy there to teach them how to win, right? And this has become a story a little bit with Philadelphia at the moment with... uh when, when Doc got fired, their coach, he's come out like almost immediately and said, man, the biggest problem with that organization was they just accept the process that became famous, obviously, right? Mm. They, they don't worry so much about, oh, we're going to miss a game. We're not going to play through pain. Oh, it's okay. There's next year. He said, that's just an ingrained mentality. And I think that is true, right? Like y- you can't, you don't want to teach young players that losing 60 games a year is okay. Well, and and for people who maybe 
only follow the NBA a little more casually, you're seeing this right now in Chicago where the Blackhawks just drafted Connor Bedard and immediately they've gone out and they've gotten Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno yeah. and Corey Perry. And I mean, say what you want about Corey Perry, but you're getting veteran guys who are going to be around and kind of teach this guy how to be a pro as opposed to just this bare bones thing they did last year, which they didn't care, right? They just it wanted to lose. They're going to lose a lot this year, but they want this guy to have some adults in the room, as you put it a few minutes yeah. ago. And, and Matt, I think you actually hit it. You, you said it really well there, how to be a pro, yeah. right? It's not just about what you do on the court and you can show up and you can win games from, you know, now and again, you can get on the highlight reel, you get to the all-star game, but are you doing the other things day to day, practice to practice between practices? What are you doing to prepare? Mm-hmm. Are you, you know, can you be that, can you show them this is how you be a pro? This is how you survive three, four contracts in the NBA by working this way, right? The talent takes you so far, sure. but you need that that dedication to, to really be you know, a winner in, in these pro leagues. And I think that's what this contract is for Houston mm-hmm. because there was a lot of talk that James Harden might go back to Houston and everybody's making the jokes because obviously Houston also – you know, Houston's a party city. Sure. So I, I think there's part of that organization, you know, after they moved off of Chris Paul and Harden, um, and maybe there was a rust at Harden there for a little while too, that they said, you know, maybe the organization said to themselves, we need to get serious, more serious pros in here. Right. Right. We can't have guys running off to the strip club, you know, if they ha- if they don't have a game the next day or whatever <laughs> it might be. Right. And, and again, influencing the younger players to say hey this is okay this is an okay lifestyle to have where you know you've got to be committed every day 365 days a year now to be a pro in these leagues so i think that's a big part of it and it's the nba so you know for for freddie even if you know houston maxes out as a nine seed a 10 seed over the next two years being in houston is going to get him on tv a lot more Sure. And you can guarantee in that third year he's going to be able to be moved to a contender at any point, right? So, uh, which is becoming a little bit of a thing in the NBA right now, uh, where a lot of people feel that's why a lot of guys just resign to their teams to get that, especially if they have the bird rights, they get a higher contract, yeah, and they know they can just demand get a, a trade, trade later, in a year or two years. Uh, case in point, James Harden, who just re-upped with Philly and proceeded the next day to say, I am also demanding a trade. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the player option because I'm going to get that money. But now I also want to trade out of here because again, if he had hit the free agent market, he might not have gotten as much as he was getting at this point. Right. And he wants to keep those, those bird rights moving forward. Right. To sure. continue to, to max out his contract. So I think it's, it was a good move for, for Houston, given the, given who was an option. I, you know, um, yeah, and their in this, their in development class, and and what they're trying to accomplish with this young group, did, right? This is a did good they piece. Absolutely overpay, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, they're also one of the worst teams for the last three years, so you're going to have to overpay, right? You have to pay a little bit of a loser tax. Mm-hmm. Um, and I again, I'm I'm glad the Raptors didn't do it because I don't think he. And, you know, as we were exchanging text messages, I, I don't think Fred fit this team. 
Well, let's I let's move to that, Maddie. Where year. where where does this leave the Raptors? Right, they were a forty-one and forty-one team last year, which is the very definition of mediocre. Uh, they lose in the play-in round. They're sort of in a weird place right now as to what are they? Are they trying to retool on the fly and get going? Are they rebuilding? They have some young pieces in place. Um, you know, Grady Dick obviously gets uh, gets drafted here recently. Uh, people have already fallen in love with Scotty Barnes. And then you sort of have this weird... I don't want to call it leftover. That's overstating it or, or or making it sound rougher than I want to with Van Vliet and, and OG from the, the from that last round, right? That last run to the mm. championship. And then some other pieces you've you've brought in, like Gary Trent. It, it sounds like he's getting ready to re-up. Where does yeah. this leave the Raptors? Van Vliet is out. They've already replaced him. My Twitter timeline didn't seem to be in love with the replacement. Like, where are the Raptors as we sit here to now at 1130 on Friday night? <laughs> And how quick the NBA moves. I, you know, the news breaks with Fred Van Vliet. I read one or two tweets. I flip a message to my buddy who's a big Raptor fan. Mm-hmm. And I said, I can't believe he got this much. He goes, yeah, man, he got paid. And I said, so I guess the Raptors are going to go after Schroeder. And he yeah. said, it already happened. Oh. <laughs> like in, in the time it took me to send three text messages, right. that, you know, the next tweet came out already. I was like, well, see, well, I guess th- I'm scrolling through Twitter and it's Michael Grange of Sportsnet who kind of says, I'm hearing that the next move could be, or maybe the raps will move to look at a guy like Schroeder. And then, yeah, within three minutes, he's quote tweeting himself going, hearing it's done, uh, yeah. <laughs> two like, years, what? whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Schroeder's already tweeting it out. I was like, wait, what happened? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, is it a retool on the go? I, I think that's what we've continued to hear from that front office is they don't feel like they're that far away. And Do I you think feel like they are? I don't feel like they're that far away in the East. Okay. Do I think they're close to Denver or the Lakers? No. Do I think they're that far away in the East? I don't think it's that big of a jump, to be honest. Um, the, you know, we just saw a team and you know the, the the heat yeah who were also a playoff team go all, or a play-in team go all the way to the finals true yeah um i thought you know the knicks looked pretty good this year i don't think there's a large difference between the raptors and the knicks um boston has been the maybe the the best talent in the east for the last mm-hmm. two three years but they're clearly missing something um in their squad in, in general and milwaukee outside of Giannis is really not that strong either so i think the east is a little bit more yeah, wide but, open but than they people do have understand. Giannis, so. <laughs> but they do have Giannis. They, you know, listen yeah i mean yeah it's like saying well they they only have wayne gretzky and you're like right. yeah i, I know that's, the oilers that's the point, without right? mcdavid yeah, yeah but they have mcdavid <laughs> but they do. Yeah. yeah i know it's a silly thing to say but but you, you know what i mean right because sure. all it is is a sprained ankle right and then you're going through or yeah. whatever it might be right or um you know the raptors have had a way of controlling Giannis sometimes in their defensive um uh you know output under Nick Nurse I know obviously Nick Nurse has gone too yeah um and we're going to see a different style of play I think I think we're going to see and this this maybe leads into the conversation because you know we got we get this new coach in Darko who everybody loves around the league and everybody was super happy to see him get this position Mm -hmm. he's you know in the film that I've seen of him talking about basketball he really believes in a high pace, like high, fast-paced basketball team. He wants to see more passes. He doesn't worry about turnovers the way Nick Nurse did. 
Um, we'll see how his defensive outlook is. I, I, that I don't know much about, but I know offensively he wants to to really move the ball. So and he wants to play fast basketball. And again, Fred Van Vliet never been the fastest guy no, on the court no. to begin with. And as he's getting older, he's definitely you know he slows the game down, which is again good for teams. Sometimes you can get somebody to slow it down. Um, it, it, I think you know a lot of Raptor fans, especially again after a forty-one forty-one season, were like, I think Raptor fans just wanted a change. So you get Nick Nurse leaves, and then it's, well, I hope we trade Pascal for something. I hope we trade OG for something. But it's it comes down to, well, are we getting something that the team values more than those guys? Yeah, or is it just change for the sake of change, right? And I appreciate because, you know, and you know, obviously in Canada, we watch a lot of GMs in hockey, and they just change for the sake of change sure. a lot. Yeah, right? Saturday we're going to watch a bunch of people blow their brains out over... just. For no Michael reason. Bunting, like it's, right, exactly. Yeah. It's just going to be like, oh, right, let's go get this guy because I need to do something. Right. Um, and the Raptors for the last four or five years have never really done that, right? They they make trades when they feel like the trade makes sense for their team, right? And if they value, you know, there's a lot of hate, you know, on Twitter for for Masai sometimes with this, and they're like, oh, but he wants to win the trade all the time. And you're like. Isn't that his fucking job? That's sort of the point, yeah. <laughs> if he gives OG up for a first, you know, the third overall pick, and then next year OG's what they think he was going to be all along, everybody's going to say, well, they got fleeced. Yeah. What an idiot GM. So, uh, And that's why we're on Twitter. And right, not, exactly. Not, not that's, that's right. And it, it's random, an interesting right? day. People are mad at, at Masai right now for getting nothing for a guy like Fred Van Vliet. But on the other side of the coin, when you look back, also today, uh, Masai Ujiri nominated for the Order of Canada. So the guy, you know, he's brought an NBA title to Canada. He's done all kinds of uh, philanthropical work and, uh, you know, uh, great guy. Just wanted wanted to sneak that in there, make sure we mentioned that he was put up for the Order of Canada today. What can you tell me, though, about Schroeder, the guy being brought in to replace Fred Van Vliet? As I said to you, it's obviously just anecdotal, as you've just pointed out. We're just guys on Twitter. My Twitter timeline didn't seem all that excited about Schroeder being the guy to be brought yeah. in to replace him. What can you tell me about him? I would say Toronto Raptor Twitter is not the most intelligent part of Twitter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, just in general. Just okay. in general. It's it's a lot of people who, you know, they, I'm not saying they don't watch the games, but I don't think they really understand the games <laughs> a lot, right? Sure. Um, that was Maddie, like, good listener, not me. That was Maddie. He's directing, <laughs> directing my hate over. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. There's, there's a lot of you know, and again, it's, it's like we're Toronto Raptor Twitter is like the new Leaf fan. It's why does my guy suck? Why I hate these guys? They fall in love with players really quickly. They hate players really quick, even quicker. Sure. Um, again, if, if you'll hear a lot on Twitter, and and I've started to you know always message like. You know, subtweet these people when they they put this shit up. It's like, <laughs> oh well, see, they should have traded Fred Van Vliet at the deadline. You're like, when they had those deals, and you're like, well, what deals? What were those deals? Right. Nobody's ever came out, and, and you know how the NBA is. Everybody likes to leak things, right? Of course, yeah. Except for Messiah and the Raptors. Yeah. So at some point, wouldn't another organization be like, yeah, we actually offered this, and we we couldn't believe the Raptors said no, but we never actually see these deals perceptibly that. Everybody thinks that yeah, would be the out table. there if there was some slam dunk, right? Better trade, and, yeah. Oh, they should have taken that trade for Pascal at the deadline. What trade? What yeah. do, do you know? Something that nobody else on the planet are you 
Adrian Wojnarowski. Right. Because if he doesn't, I know you know user seven five six one baby basketball. <laughs> you don't know either, quite frankly. Neither do I. But right. I know I don't know. Right. So, I, I yeah. So, so you're saying that, 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 there's my rant on that. Yeah. But, that maybe um, people are overreacting and that this might be okay. Tell us about this guy. Because they don't watch enough basketball that's not Raptor basketball. Well, it gets late, man. He was an L.A. Laker. I can't stay up that late. <laughs> and I know he was on OKC before and all yeah. this stuff. But he's a guy that I always hated when the Raptors played them. Because you watch him and you're like, why are you doing, like, you watch him and you're like, you don't look like the most talented guy. He, he's not a great shooter. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. But you watch him and you go, the end of the game you're like he was everywhere he was everywhere he causes havoc he cuts he cuts the lane he gets what is the one thing the raptors have been awful at the last two years is just when you need two points just getting to the bucket just get to the bucket right and it was always you know maybe this is going to be a difference because we've had fred van vliet with the ball in the last two minutes usually and i know he hits some big shots but he likes putting himself in that that spot, and sure, I think yeah. sometimes that impaired the Raptors. Right, the Raptors were a team that there was just too many games in the last two minutes. It was always buckets back and forth. You know, it's it's always a two three point game the whole last two minutes, and it's tired. It's tiresome. I think that's part of the reason they had such a mediocre record is it's just fatiguing. Yeah, for for teams to continually be in that type of game over and over again. And I think a lot of that had to do with Fred VanVleet in the style of basketball he played with Schroeder where, you know, he's not going to put up your 25 point game. He's not going to hit five threes every once in a while. He's going to have a bad shooting percentage, but he's going to get to the bucket. Yeah. The first thing you said to me when I texted you about this guy was aggressive, right? Like he's going to push the pace. He's going to get involved. He will be there. Like where the, where the action's happening, he will be right there. He's one of the best in the league. um, Statistically at pick and rolls. And the Raptors love, I mean, again, thinking back to last year's Nick Nurse team. Sure. But you got to assume Darko's going to be running pick and rolls when you've got Pascal Siakam and you got, you've just re-signed Jakob Pertl at $20 million a year for four years yep. as well. So you're going to be running pick and rolls. You want a point guard who is reliable and successful with these pick and rolls. And I think we're going to see a lot of pick and rolls this year. That's right. what that tells me, right? I also think we're, we're going to see a guy who, you know, is looking for his teammates a little bit more. So I think guys like OG and Gary Trent, who were clearly getting a little frustrated with, you know, not getting the ball for their quarter shots. I think they're going to get their shots this year. And then we're going to see as well, it's going to open it up to, um, to, to Scotty uh, to do a little bit of a point, point guard, or sorry, um, a point forward style play where he's going to, be taking the ball up a little bit more as well and getting a little bit more involved. So I think as a team dynamic, if you told me right as of right now, we've added Greedy Dick, who I think might finally be your first Raptor jersey. Uh, just because <laughs> <laughs> you might finally just buy that. The big Dick jersey on the back? <laughs> Number one. Yeah. Just the, the big Dick one jersey. Yeah, you know what, man? You might be onto something. <laughs> I never have laid my hands to, on the big country yeah. Robinson jersey, so we yeah, may have to move over. Finally get you, might finally get you to get one here, Well, right? the thing is, man, as you and I have joked about for 100 years on this podcast, always thought I needed to get myself 
a big country Robinson jersey. Yes. And to me, that would be believable. But nobody's going to believe Matt walking around the big dick Robinson. Like, that's not going to fly. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's buying that, right? So <laughs> it is what it is, man. Well, you gotta, you're going to have to own it, right? Like, you got to walk sure. around the room. <laughs> Yeah, with a bit of a strut, right? Like, yeah, like know, maybe a little bit of a strut. sell leg. it a little bit. Yeah, no, for sure. Little, hey, what, when did Matt become bow legged? Right. Um, <laughs> That's, you really got to get into it. But you know, just to finish that thought, yeah. you know, the, the, what's changed, right? Well, that's we've what added, I was just going to ask you with this we've team. Added Grady now. Dick. Yeah. We've had a Grady Dick. And if you sub out Schroeder for Van Vliet, you're going to mm-hmm. say, well, where are those points coming from? And I, I would say to you, well, listen. Pertle, when we got him back, almost immediately started averaging 15, 16 points a game again. Yeah, yeah. He was he was amazing. I think, you know, Pascal is still going to get his. I think they're going to be looking for Gary, obviously, to take a step forward, and they're going to be looking for OG to take a little offensive step forward. And I know that there seemed something... to be some surprise tonight, Maddie, that they were locking up Gary Trent Jr. Was it like that there might have been some talk that he was headed out the door? Were you hearing that? Are you surprised they're locking him up too? I felt like that was a little bit more coming from the frustration that he showed towards the end of last year. Right. Um, there was definitely seemed to be some frustration with, with Gary Trent and OG. If you looked at their faces sometimes with sometimes when, you know, Van Vliet would just walk up the floor and Jack at three, <laughs> I think they were getting a little frustrated with it. And, you know, unfortunately Nick nurse wanted that guy, right? He likes having that, veteran that he knows, hey, at least I know what I'm getting from you. Sure. So he was not wasn't like he was ever going to, you know, bench him. No. Quite no, frankly, no. right? So um I think they were a little stuck there and I think a lot of that frustration came from that. And again, I love Freddie. I just don't think that team and him were the right fit for the right. for the way they had built the rest of that roster. Um and, and where those other guys are in their career and, you know, what they're looking for, you know, as far as their offensive output. I mean, was it last year or the year before there was a lot of talk of, oh, OG was, OG's been unhappy. Yeah. Is he going to, you know, is he going to sign his extension? Oh, a lot that's of that true. came yeah. down to he wanted, he wanted more looks offensively. He wanted to be more involved offensively. So, you know, they're basketball players. They want the ball. And I think subbing you know, Schroeder out for, or, uh, you know, shoving Schroeder in for Van Vliet. For, uh, Freddie. I don't know if this is a dramatically worse team. I was just going to gonna ask you, man. That's my next question. Like to me and you know me, man, I I'm doing my best, but I'm swimming a little yeah. into my waters here. But to <laughs> me, I would have a very hard time saying after tonight, we have no idea what else might go on throughout free agency, but I would have a hard time saying tonight that they're a better team, but I need you to tell me, are they for sure a worse team? I don't think they're a for sure worse team. Okay. And, and given the other things that are happening around the the East right now, I don't know if they're like, I don't know if they're any worse than the ninth place team that they were last year. Right. Frankly. And that's I, I, frustrating enough for fans too, right? Because you'd like to hear, no, now we're a fifth place team or something like yes. treading water is is rough on a fan base, right? Like you want to feel like you're going somewhere. I think this year is going to be about development though, right? And I, I think they brought in a coach who yeah, is big on that's development. That's his deal, right? And He's, they're yeah. looking at, they're looking at, you know, I, I don't think it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like OG is that old or Gary Trent's that old that they're going to not develop anymore, but you're really looking, obviously, at Scotty and, and uh, Grady Dick. 
as obviously your two pieces that to continue to de- develop. Mm-hmm. And you're probably looking for OG and, and Gary Trent to take small steps forward. And you know what you've got with Pirtle and with uh, Pascal. Right. So, you know, are they a ninth place? You know, are they going to be somewhere in the seven to 10 range? Yes. Right. 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 Um, and development from there comes from the two young guys. Yeah. Right? How and far then, can they push you? And again, it's basketball. People become available. You want the most pieces and good pieces to be able to move for those guys when they become available. And that's what everybody seems to forget. It's like, yeah, we have a bunch of guys who are kind of like the third and fourth guys on their team on a championship team at the moment. Right. Maybe outside of, let's say Pascal, who would be a number two potentially sure. on a championship team. And that's no disrespect to Scotty. I just don't think he's above that. Certainly at the not yet. No. Yeah. And I think you look at it and you go, but if, somebody became available, um, you know, Katie for the 10th time in his career <laughs> or, you know, whoever it might be. And you go, okay, well we actually have the pieces to move and still keep the other guys that are good. That's what you want, right? That's sure. It's part of building a basketball team. And I don't think anybody is expecting the Raptors to compete unless they have a true number one guy. And maybe Scotty can develop into that. Maybe it's, again, you know, they finish 10th next year and they get another chance at the lottery. Who knows how that shakes out? But I think from a development standpoint, this is a better place for the Raptors. Last year was more frustrating to me because they weren't built to develop. They were built to actually... Yeah, it seemed like last year they didn't really know what they wanted to be. Yeah, it felt that was frustrating to me. Because there was games you watched them and you're like, oh, this is a top five team. And then there's games you're like, this is a bottom five team. And it, they, they, they Jekyll and Hyde through. Yeah. There was, there was a point there where they lost like, you know, number of games in a row. And it just seemed like they didn't know what they were doing. And, uh, you know, Scotty took a step back in development for a little bit in the season and he popped back up towards the end of the season. But there was a, yeah, it just seemed like they were a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team and a lot mm-hmm. of highs, a lot of lows. And, you know, it's a long season. You got to kind of tread water sometimes. And, I think this will be a fun team to watch, but Raptor fans are going to have to understand that it's not about the wins this year. And again, I don't think it's like they're going to win 20 wins. Right. It's not going to be, the, the sky has not fallen. No, the, you may be Scotia looking Bank, at another right? 41 and 41 kind of team. It's Yeah, and you're just, you're looking for another guy that you can pick up, you know, in a trade. Because again, there's nobody in free agency this year. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like if Raptor fans are thinking, okay, well, they want to run it back and add something. It's like, there's nobody to add. No. There, there's no, there's no big star. No, there's no franchise turning. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's nobody. And if there was, they're not looking at the Raptors right, right. now. That's right. The, the Raptors have to reposition themselves to be in a point where you can go after that Kawhi or you can take a chance on that star. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, you know, again, it's going to come down to development. I think it's going to be a more exciting year because if you just settle into going, how are we doing? How are we, these guys progressing? Are they picking up the new playbook? Are they more exciting to watch? They stop blowing all these fourth quarter leads <laughs> like they had a tendency to do last season. You know, then it, it's going to be a much, it's going to be a, a way more fun season for Raptor fans. And hopefully freaking Raptors Twitter gets off everybody's case. But, <laughs> and, and honestly, I think Schroeder's a guy who's been traded and he's been moved to a lot of different teams over his career. Listen, he, he won, he won a championship with the Lakers and LeBron. He can play, right? Like this is yeah. a guy who can play. He's just always, you know, the fifth guy. 
and that's okay. Like you, you still need that guy. You got to have and one think, of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's going to, I think the Raptor fan base is going to like him a lot more than they feel like they are right now on, because he's again, not the poster boy for, for, for anything, quite frankly. Right. Uh, outside yeah. of that stripe of blonde in his hair. Probably. <laughs> so let me ask you one more thing here, Maddie. I'm sort of springing this on you out of nowhere, but it, it just sort of caught my attention earlier in the week. And with Nick nurse leaving Toronto, it probably wasn't surprising that eventually, and maybe it came sooner than I thought it would, he would step away from his duties yeah. coaching the Canadian national team. And they found a replacement, and that's all fine. But one of the things, I can't even remember now who I saw tweeted it, was that a couple of guys who maybe hadn't had a lot of contact with the national team were now ready to re-engage. And I sort of had it in my head that Nick Nurse was a pretty popular coach, a guy that was well-regarded and, um, you know, was a, a, a bit of a coup to have that guy running the Canadian national team. Did you, did you hear the same things? Were there rumblings that you had heard that maybe there was a couple of guys that weren't in love with Nick Nurse running the team? That was the first, I think I saw the same tweet yeah. you did and I can't remember who tweeted it. Um, am I surprised? Um, I feel like Nick Nurse was a hard coach. Sure. Um, and listen, he, he, let alone the track record in the NBA, this guy's got a track record everywhere he went. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to have a good rabbit as long as everybody stays on Philadelphia. Um, he'll probably do okay there. As sure. Well. Yeah. But I have a feeling, you know, he's the type of coach who probably has a shelf life on a team. And there was, you know, from a lot of the younger guys, you know, the NBA is pretty tight knit. Like maybe there's some guys who don't like that coaching style. Do you think um, there's something, the only thing, Maddie, and again, you know this shit better than I do. We both know that. But do you think there's anything to the fact that you're asking these guys to give up parts of their off season? And when they show up at that point, yeah, you're trying to win and yeah, you got to have standards, but I'm not really looking for the hard ass, right? I'm not looking for Tortorella yeah. when I show up in the summer. I'm looking for a guy who's going to work with me, help me get the best out of it, and we'll try and do our best for Canada. But I'm maybe not looking for the guy really grinding on defense and really staying on me as part I of my offseason. Yeah. I, I think that's it, man. I think you look at where Team USA had success, especially with a guy like Pop. And, you know, Pop, I think we think of him as, you know, the hard ass in the, the media. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely X's and O's, but you don't really see him getting on too many guys too hard in a game, right? Right? He he kind of he does seem to kind of let his guys play their game. Uh, maybe and maybe it's just more recent, you know, recency bias. Um, and that is you know watching him on the sidelines. But Nick Nurse is on every play. Yeah, right. He is up. He is clapping at, at the defense. He's clapping at the refs. Yeah, maybe, you know, these I'm showing guys up in August. I'm here trying to help my country in Victoria. It, right? It's not, uh, yeah, get off my Canadian, ass, right? Like, Canadian basketball players, let's be honest, like they're not necessarily known as the toughest guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And they're, and they're all kind of all the same age range. And, um, you know, and I don't think they're necessarily as tight as we'd like to think all the Canadian basketball players are. I think sure, uh, Jamal yeah. Murray's come out and publicly said that. Um, that you, like just because we're Canadian doesn't mean we're all buddies type of sure, thing. And, yeah. You know, Dylan Brooks is obviously not a big fan. <laughs> you know, he's not a he's a little bit of a villain in the league. I'm not sure how much everybody <laughs> loves him. Um, 
but there's I mean there is rumblings that he might be going to Houston as well. Hmm. Um, listen, I, I, I that's probably something about it, man. Um, and because we don't have we have the talent now to compete. Yeah. But what we don't have is the depth of talent, right? It's sure. it's a little akin to like those years where the USA hockey has had really great teams. Mm-hmm. And you're going, wow, one through nine, they're great. Yeah. But then you look at the fourth line, and it's like, like the depth Canada's drops rolling way out, like, off. Yeah. Uh, you know, Thornton, we're rolling out like Heatley Nick, and Rick Dash. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so Thornton. And you're like, oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's where it is. Right. Where, uh, you know, Canada could probably some years, not every year, but some years put up two very good teams, yeah, competitive teams, you know, and these other countries are, you know, they're, they're six deep, they're 90. That's, that's Canada yeah, basketball. When, yeah. You when you move into have, basketball, we are whatever Germany or in yeah. hockey, right? Like where yeah. you have some guys, but you know, the depth you don't have enough there. guys. Right. And if you, if you have, you know, two or three guys who don't like playing for that coach or do, yeah. don't want to play for that coach or, you know, it, doesn't work with their off season or they don't have contracts yet. It seriously affects what goes on on that team. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's I mean, listen, it, I also think Canada basketball, I mean, you know, hate to rain on every parade. I think, I don't think we're going to be as competitive as, is it next year's Olympics or two years? I can't remember now, but it's, um, yeah, I think there's a qualifier this year and then I think a yeah. summer games next year. Yeah. There, there's so. a, actually there's a yeah, very interesting qualifying tournament that's i can't remember what it is whether it's the world cup it's like a world or cup or something it. yeah and it's happening either in the philippines or malaysia yeah um and canada is in what they're calling the group of death of course oh, super because we can't just get one easy year in this freaking sport uh, as we're trying to develop <laughs> we are very lacking we have a lot of guards we've got a lot of wings we don't have a lot of centers right you're looking at Howell, and you're looking at uh, in Dallas, and you're looking at Chris Boucher, yeah. uh, Kelly Olynyk, guys who are basketball players for sure, mm-hmm. pros for sure. Um, are they? You know, what are we going to do on that stage? I don't know with those guys. It, it's interesting, right? When you talk about this qualifier, I'm with you. I believe it's in the Philippines. And if you're trying to get guys signed up to take a chunk of their summer, you know, I was sort of ripping on the idea of having to go to Victoria last year. That ain't nothing ha- compared to having to convince oh, these man. guys to go to the Philippines towards the end of their off season, right? It's it's a battle. And and so maybe that was part of the deal with Nick Nurse is, you know what? It's travel, it's extra games, it's extra commitment, and this guy's going to grind me. And so, yeah. you know. Well, it might be why Nick Nurse uh quit as well right sure. he's joining a new team he's got to meet with new players he's got oh yeah he's got to get ready in. for a first camp with a new squad right it's oh. a little different than just rolling into but i don't care about that i care where it leaves team yeah. canada so <laughs> <That's it. laughs> like i wish nick nurse well but i really only care about what it means for team canada yeah so. yeah for sure for sure 100 percent. yeah uh, it's been a busy night, man, in the NBA, busy night for the Raptors and, and there's been some turnover. No doubt there will be some more. Uh, it's, uh, it's Friday night, Canada long weekend and, 
And Maddie, this is what it's like. You're coming up right behind me, man. As you, <laughs> as you hit 40, you're sitting at home on a Friday night, <laughs> able to do a podcast on a moment's notice with fireworks happening out my window. Everyone else out enjoying the night, but uh, you yeah. and me, man, at home on the couch. That's the way it goes it's now. Enjoying our night the way we want to. That's exactly, like- buddy. Yeah. So, uh, Maddie, I think we'll wind this one down here. Thanks for doing it. I know you'll be uh, you'll be all ears on Saturday, watching to see where you know all, all the NHLs best third liners and third pair defenders <laughs> sign talk about two i mean two yeah. drafts that just happened where we have yep. potentially you know phenoms basically right potential phenoms who just got drafted yeah and we're following that up with two of the weakest free agent classes free agent classes <laughs> in a decade yeah right but uh, i gotta know man where's matt duchene gonna go i gotta i gotta find out yeah you know the last time i cared about matt duchene the world junior team in 09 <laughs> well i was gonna i was gonna at least give him when he got when he left to go to ottawa fair enough gonna, yeah i was at least when he said i want to play playoff hockey and proceeded to not play playoff hockey with uh, Ottawa. With the Senators, yeah. That was yeah, basically, that was, his trade to Ottawa was basically the beginning of the death spiral of the Senators. So Yeah, it was, and then Colorado really peaked at that point. Yeah, That's when they, that, their come-up happened. So. That's rough. So, Duchesne, and now, now Nashville buying them out. So tough stretch for Matt Duchesne. <laughs> I will wind this one down here, Matty. Thanks for doing it, buddy. No problem, man. Good to talk. All right, we'll talk to the rest of you all on Monday morning. Rob will be back in here. I think Lever Sage will be in here on the podcast later that week. He'll talk publicly uh, for the wait, first time. Wait. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry. How did we do this? I hope we didn't lose anybody on that that clothes. We're still here. People will, people will hear this after it's probably happened. Maybe not. Mm. But I gotta know. I have to know. Mm-hmm. Who do you got in the money in the bank? Oh God, I don't even know who's in the match. Honestly, I've hardly watched lately. So this will be Saturday afternoon, Money in the Bank, WWE. We've got London time. We're on London time, so 3 yeah. p.m. Okay. Uh, LA Knight, is he in the match? I like that guy. He is in the match. He is in yeah. the match. I like yeah. that guy. So uh, I'll say LA Knight and hope for the best because I have no idea who the hell else is even in it. Uh, okay, well, I am I am a people of the I am a person of the people. I am yeah. a people of the person. Man of the I don't people. Know how to say that. <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, the healers it's, are going get, down it's getting night. late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got, I gotta say, I want to say, I want to desperately, desperately say LA Knight because I, I've been big on this guy since he got over to NXT. Yeah, uh, but I almost feel like that is the reason they are not going to let him win the money ah. in the bank. Because if he does, if he wins it, great. If he doesn't win it, when they show up the next next week in New York, he is going to have the biggest ground well of support from yeah. anybody he is going i think losing that match or having him be robbed is going to make him a bigger star in the long run <laughs> yeah and i think they give it to damian priest okay and i'll take your word for that yeah i can see I'm it fe- because i'm a feminist i know there's a woman in the bank match as well <laughs> And uh, unlike you, um, oh, okay. And okay. I'm gonna say as much as I want to say, it's gonna be Trish Stratus. Mm, love me I some think, Trish. I think we're gonna get. Uh, God, I, I think we're gonna get Becky. I think Becky's getting the the briefcase. That would make sense, right? She's the big yeah. star there, and uh, she's the big star. And I think you gotta they gotta 
they got to pump the uh, women's division up there. So there, Cody versus pick. Dom. That's the one I'm looking forward to. Oh, Dominic man, Mysterio yeah. is such a douchebag character. I love like he's he's got heat, right? Everybody boos him every time he comes out, right? So he, he's the best best villain. Yeah, in hilarious wrestling in, in forever. Yeah, and so then I'll of watch course that. we've got this. We've got the Civil War to probably finish it off. So. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the Usos versus Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Uh, Cody, uh, I already mentioned Cody. Seth Rollins is defending that new shiny belt he's got. Uh, oh, I don't yeah. I totally even forgot about that match, yeah. So I'll, I'll flip it on and off, right? I, I'll be watching some Blue Jays. I'll be watching some CFL. I'll be watching some free agency. And we'll uh, and we'll have to check in on some WWE money in there the bank, go. man. So. Yeah. And, and don't forget my Argos going for 3-0 on Monday. That's right, man. Just Ottawa Red Chad, Blacks Chad just Chad won Kelly a home team, game. Maybe. Can you believe it? Chad Kelly team. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll wind <laughs> this right, one buddy. down here. Uh, that is... Tall Can Audio for your Canada Day. Hope you're all enjoying it. Hope you're all celebrating. Uh, no doubt while you're listening to this, Maddie and I are still on our couches, not doing much of anything. Uh, we'll <laughs> catch you all on Monday morning. <laughs> That's it. Not work under these conditions. If anybody wants me, I'll be downstairs at McDougal. Call the weekend guy. I don't care.